This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Boketov, Anthony, how are you? Boketov, Shavuotov, Chodesh Tov. We are now in the Hebrew month of Cheshvan, also known as Mar Cheshvan. And the Mar Cheshvan means bitter. Mar means bitter. And the reason that Cheshvan is called bitter is because there are no Chagim in Cheshvan. And uh, so that month apparently has a certain bitterness about it. But unfortunately, the bitterness that we're feeling right now is not related to the lack of Chagim in Cheshvan. But of course, um, the immense mourning that has descended over Israel uh, as a result of the attacks of the past couple of weeks. And, of course, um, a great deal of concern about <clears throat> the safety of our soldiers who are on our borders right now and um, gearing up for the next phase of whatever's going to come next. Yeah. Anthony, how's your family? Um, thank God our family is all well. Um, we are one of the um, better off families, I would say, um, because those families um, from southern Israel who have suffered the unbelievable brutality that has been dished out um, and indeed many families from other parts of Israel whose family members were involved in um, some of the brutality that we've seen over the past couple of weeks um, are all in suffering and I think there are very very few families across the whole of Israel who are not impacted in some way or another sure. um, by what we've seen and I'd like to just start Kathy by talking a little bit about the kind of bigger picture yes, and the whole concept of Gaza and since 2005 when Israel withdrew from Gaza unilaterally and over the last um, 18 years since that withdrawal, um, Israel has stand, stood accused of not giving Gaza the freedom to allow the citizens there to be uh, free and to develop and to allow Gaza to develop into um, what could be um, a, 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 an upstanding part of the international community. And Israel has st stood accused of um, closures on Gaza, on preventing free movement of people and goods and services, of preventing Gaza from developing. And, and what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, unfortunately, proves why Israel has been forced to be so strict and so tough on everything that's gone in and out of Gaza, because in spite of the restrictions that were placed over the last few years, in spite of all of that and in spite of the way in which Israel has tried to manage things, what we've seen is a piece of land under Hamas rule that has developed only for the purpose of essentially persecuting Jews. And what we saw um, in that brutal 
day of uh, Saturday of last week was not militants who were coming to engage in other militants to carry out a war of some sort. These were people who came with the intention, with the plans, with the equipment, with everything that they needed in order to attack civilians. And that's exactly what they did. And they did it in the most brutal ways. And I don't want to go into some of the evidence that has been yeah, unearthed no, no, over no, the last, even now, yeah, the yeah, last few days. But can't. I can tell you, I can tell you that more brutal than this would be very, very difficult to find in any constellation. The way in which things were conducted, the way in which behavior people behaved um, over the course of those few hours when they had the freedom to do as they wished, um, the, 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 the evidence continues to come out and there can be little doubt that this was all about an attack on Jewish slash Israeli civilians. That was the whole intention. And that was what Gaza has been raised, has been developed to do. That was really all, what, all of what it's all about. And Hamas has really been outed as an organization that has no care or responsibility for the citizens that live in Gaza. What they care about is carrying out atrocities against Jews. And if we allow them to do that, <clears throat> excuse me, if we let our guard down just for a moment, as happened 10 days ago, then unfortunately they will do whatever they plan to do. And that's exactly what happened. Now, I'm not suggesting for a moment that those people who thought that Gaza, uh, that Hamas is an upstanding organization trying to represent the best interests of innocent Palestinians, I'm not suggesting that I'm going to convince them otherwise. I'm not suggesting that the brutality that we saw is necessarily going to convince people because you still see people standing on the streets of London with a placard that says, this Jew supports Gaza. Okay, that was a picture that I saw on Sky News showing that individual saying this Jew supports Gaza and being interviewed for the press because, of course, um, that that kind of justifies some of the things that have happened. Um, but but for those people who feel that the atrocity was carried out as, as some sort of a revenge against the so-called Gaza blockade should really think the other way around. The Gaza blockade, to the extent that a blockade was imposed, any restrictions that were imposed on Gaza, were imposed exactly to try to prevent this kind of thing from happening because it was clear to some of us that this is what it was all about. And yet, in spite of our attempts to try to prevent it, unfortunately, it was the, the, the attempts failed. Um, but I don't think that there can be any doubt about what has been happening in Gaza over the last 18 years. This is really brought it all out. And the question now is, how does the Israeli government go about um, preventing such an atrocity from happening again, preventing the infrastructure from building up in Gaza that was allowed to build up over the last 18 years and still not take control over having to govern over those people because I think there is a slight dilemma here. We don't want to take Gaza back. We don't want to take responsibility for the lives of those people. They are not our people. They're not part of our they're not part of what we really want to to take responsibility for. And yet we want to give them the opportunity to build up lives without building infrastructure in order to attack our civilians. And therein lies the conundrum and I don't know if there really is an easy answer for it. But um, I just wanted to share that with you because um, I said to Howard last week that 
in the mornings when I, I'm leading up to the time that I'm going to come on air and trying to get my thoughts together, usually they're quite straightened out. And even this morning, I'm still struggling, really struggling to straighten out exactly what I want to say to listeners and how I want to say it in a way that makes sense and just reflects the, the, the gravity of the situation that we found ourselves in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, when we, I mean, we have to acknowledge that there are innocent people in Gaza who have a terrible, terrible life. Absolutely. Anthony, and nobody is more, there cannot be a more dangerous being than a human being who has no hope and has nothing to lose. You know, I was, I was listening. I was listening to a talk last night who was talking about, okay, well, actually not, never mind that, never mind that. But, but I look no, at, I look at Gazans are equally and I think. victims as we are. Exactly, exactly. And they're victims day in and day out. Um, you know, when you look at Hamas, how is it that nobody's holding Hamas, um, responsible for the way that they have governed Gaza? They haven't built infrastructure for, for, for the Palestinians living in Gaza or for the Gazans. They haven't. Mm. I mean, all the money. Um, and the, I mean, Intel is showing that, the, that they were planning this for the past two years. It's taken two right. years to plan what happened last Saturday. Right. You know, Iran's um, involvement and, is, is you know, I think I, I think the Israeli government is trying to say we are going to hold Hamas responsible. And to that extent, you know, we are now standing on the verge of um, the next phase of this war um, because um, what's been happening over the last few days uh, while you guys have had your weekend and, 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 and things like that, is that um, quite a number of interesting things. First of all, attacks on Gaza by the Israeli Air Force continue. Um, for those people who haven't read the stories, there have been some limited ground incursions by Israeli troops into Gaza. Um, there are reports that um, Israeli troops have even retrieved bodies of Israelis who were kidnapped and taken into Gaza, and who died or who were killed, um, whatever the, the constellation was. But some of those bodies, we are led to understand, have already been retrieved by Israeli ground troops in Gaza over the last few days. We have a front that's gradually opening up on the north of Israel. Two Israelis were killed yesterday by anti-tank fire that was fired from Lebanon by Hezbollah slash Gaza, uh, Hamas. We're not quite sure really who over from Lebanon into Israel on the northern border. The northern area of Israel has been declared a closed military zone, and Israel has attacked the Syrian runways of Aleppo and Damascus airport a number of times and is determined to make sure that those airports remain closed, even though there are attempts to try to repair the runways and to reopen the airports. But Israel is saying, don't bother repairing those airports, those runways, guys, because we are not going to allow you to reopen those airports. Israel's made a public statement about that. So the the current battle status is that um, Israel the the IDF remains ready for a ground incursion into Gaza, heavy bombardment of Israeli air force into Gaza. No rockets into Israel since about 11 o'clock last night. We had a few quite heavy rocket bursts into central Israel towards the Tel Aviv area. And I was in my bomb shelter yesterday. I've heard a lot of explosions of interceptions of missiles above our heads, and but no missiles since late last night. I'm not quite sure how we should read that. Um, and also a steady return to normality of the home front in Israel. So the home front command is trying to return schools to be reopened gradually to allow gyms and restaurants and other places of work to be open gradually. 
even though they know that what's coming next, which is obviously um, a more of a ground war, we understand with Gaza, but yet the home front is now gradually being reopened. So that is really the current battle status of things on the ground um, as things stand right now. Still hundreds of thousands of reserve troops being called up from Israeli industry people who stand ready to defend Israel. And I should say to those people who were critical of the reservists who refused to turn up during the time of the the, uh, demonstrations, the protests, the, the judicial reform protests, I know more than one or two pilots and reserve soldiers who are currently in battle serving the state of Israel in spite of having refused to do reserve duty back then. They are now doing it and they're doing it willingly and they're giving up their lives and their livelihoods in order to protect this country. Yeah. Anthony, I'm sure that you'll talk to Howard about this tomorrow, but the, you know, as more and more reports come out and information is declassified and released to the public via the IDF, we are seeing the absolute cruelty of Hamas that to you and I and to all of our listeners is completely, it's unthinkable that when they are murdering people, they are using that person's mobile phone to film it and then they are sending it via WhatsApp to their family. Why is that not making the news? The acts of cruelty, Kathy, are just indescribable. What you're describing is just the very, very thin end, just the tip of the iceberg. It's really the thin end of the wedge because the acts of cruelty are indescribable. Um, And I I can't even talk about or think about some of the things that have happened. And, um, you know, when I see what's being discussed in the press, I saw a a former BBC correspondent, John Sargent, being interviewed by another TV station, um, trying to defend the fact that the BBC refused to call Hamas a terror organization. And what John Sargent said is, well, you know, you can't really call the slitting of babies' throats a a, a war crime. Um, So... Um, I decided to go and look up what the definition of war crime is. And um, I'm quoting, a war crime is a violation of the laws of war that gives rise to individual criminal responsibility for actions by combatants in actions such as intentionally killing civilians. That's the first line of the definition. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, Of course, the BBC does refuse to call this a terror organization, but that's what it is. Refuse to talk about war crimes or refuse to talk about acts of terror. Um, I don't really know why it's not getting international coverage, but if, if, if any of those reporters saw firsthand what some of the cruelty, some of the abhorrent acts that were carried out last Saturday, I don't think there would be any doubt at all. Interestingly, uh, President Joe Biden, considering a visit to Israel under these circumstances, um, all of a sudden, quite a number of different developments that are going on. But right now, um, Israel is still very much in the middle of war, and um, that is likely to continue, at least for the, for the foreseeable future. Anthony, thank you very, very much. Unfortunately, we have to get to news. Um, and really, I just wish you and your family and all of Khal Israel should be safe. Amen, amen. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. That's Anthony Reich. He is our Israel correspondent. And uh, Monday to Thursday. 
Yeah, up next we've got news, and that Israel report was brought to you with the compliments of the Blue Agency, Israeli Property Management and Sales. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com.